Hi, I'm Jackie Gleets with J&H Farms in Waller, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas, agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. We got another week rolling, and I've got another edition of Texas Ag Today ready to roll for you. So jump on in with me. Buckle up. We're going to take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, we've heard calls for CRP land to be opened up for production. That's because of the grain shortage we're experiencing thanks to the Russia-Ukraine war. However, those calls haven't been met with a lot of excitement in Washington. We'll check in with Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack to get his take on the subject coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. Hundreds of people from the cattle and beef industry are getting ready to head to Canadian Texas for a major event. I'm James Hunt, and you can be among the crowd for the Hemp Hill County Beef Conference, as we'll explain on Texas Ag Today. Springtime weather in Texas has already been severe this year. Today we'll have precautions people need to take when watches and warnings are issued in their area. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and I'll have those important precautions from the National Weather Service on Texas Ag Today. There's a case of avian influenza in Texas, but consumers should not have their feathers ruffled over it. I'm Gary Joyner, and I'll have those details on Texas Ag Today. We'll have those stories plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. With recent grain shortages thanks to the Russia-Ukraine war and prices at historic levels, there have been calls recently to allow farmers to plant on land enrolled in the Conservation Reserve Program. But U.S. Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack has made his opinion known on the subject. He thinks it's a bad idea. The market responds to signals and farmers make the best decision they can for their own operation. And frankly, farmers have the ability, even those who re-opt, have the ability at any time to leave the CRP. So there's no reason to mandate or pressure farmers to do this because they're going to do it when it's in their best interest and they are doing it. Vilsack is referring to recent news that of the 4 million acres due for re-enrollment into the CRP, only 1.8 million of that was re-enrolled, indicating that farmers may be choosing to put that land back into production to meet the high demand for grain. Currently, more than 3 million acres are enrolled in the CRP here in Texas. Drought is causing major problems for the nation's cattle industry, with over 50% of the nation's cow herd affected by some form of drought. Cattle Facts CEO Randy Block says it's very rare to see that much of the cattle industry dealing with drought conditions. 
It really is very seldom. If you look at the last 40 years, there's only a handful of years that you've had 50 to 55 percent of the nation's beef cow herd impacted by drought. But we're there today. And again, the last thing we need is to downsize our herd substantially. We're already a couple million cows off of our highs in here. Again, our markets are set up for a pretty nice push in here over the next three to four years. And I'd sure like to see our producers be able to share in that a significant improvement in prices and profitability for the producing segments as we go forward here. So hopefully more of the producers can hold their herds together and take advantage of the cyclical higher prices that are ahead. Block says we've already seen significant herd reduction because of the drought, and more may be coming. Block was a featured speaker at the recent Texas and Southwestern Cattle Raisers Association convention in Fort Worth. The application window is now open for the Texas Department of Agriculture's Family Land Heritage Program. The program pays tribute to families who have kept their land in continuous agricultural production for at least 100 years. Families are asked to submit their applications for the program by Monday, May the 2nd. Those who qualify will be recognized at a ceremony at the Texas Capitol this fall. The program has been running since 1974 and has recognized more than 5,000 Texas farms and ranches. 232 of those have been operating for more than 150 years, and nine have been honored for 200 years of continuous operation. Canadian Texas will soon host hundreds of people in the cattle industry. James Hunt tells us there's still room for you to join the Big Beef Conference there. The annual Hemp Hill County Beef Conference, hosted by Texas A&M AgriLife, is coming up Tuesday, April 26th, and Wednesday, April 27th in Canadian. In the latest update I got from Extension Agent Andy Holloway, ticket sales were approaching the 500 mark. And although there are still plenty of tickets available, Holloway urges anyone interested in attending to act soon. We're going to have maybe one of the most important beef cattle events that we've ever had here, and I think it may be one of the most important beef events of the year for the whole nation. And the reason for that is because of the geopolitical situation around the world that's drastically affecting inflation, the price of commodities and all kinds of input costs, as well as the drought and other things that are going on in the world today in our our state and, and local area. Keynote speakers for the event include former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, and retired Army Ranger Kenny Thomas, who served in the Battle of Mogadishu. There will also be numerous experts giving presentations on cattle and beef industry topics of interest, including how to go about earning a living in the business. We're going to talk about is ranching really sustainable from one generation to the next. We're going to talk about things that producers can do to sharpen their pencils, to keep better records in order to analyze input costs and hopefully enhance real bottom line profitability. To find out more about what's on the program and get your tickets, you can go online and search with the words Hemp Hill County Beef Conference 2022. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Severe weather season is here. Tom Nicoletti checks in with a Fort Worth meteorologist about the severe weather potential here in spring. 
We are into the month of April and springtime in Texas, and that means severe storms are always a possibility. Tom Bradshaw, National Weather Service meteorologist in Fort Worth, joins us. And Tom, certainly tornadoes and other severe weather, hail and high winds can uh, be damaging to any location in Texas. What are some precautions people need to take? We get a lot of severe weather during the months of April and May and actually right on into June. The most important thing that we tell folks, you need to have a severe weather plan as we move into the heart of the severe weather season. And when we say plan, we need you to do a couple of things. We need you to know how to get weather information from multiple sources. How do you get watch and warning information? You know, either have a weather radio, have access to uh, weather apps on your phone, TV and radio, even word of mouth from relatives and friends is another way to get weather information. But however you do it, you need to have different mechanisms for getting severe weather information when hazardous weather approaches. The other thing that we really stress is to know where to go when severe weather threatens. If you're in a well-built home, we want you to get into the lowest possible part of the house and most central located part of the house as far away from outside windows. So things like bathrooms, interior closets, interior bedrooms, those are all good places to be during severe weather. What about people living in rural areas? Same sort of advice that we'd apply to anybody living even in urban areas, have mechanisms for getting watch and warning information. Most of the state is covered by no weather radio, which broadcasts warnings and watches. So even in a rural area, try to have access to some sort of way to get warning information if you possibly can. I'll have more on severe weather precautions with meteorologist Tom Bradshaw on our next program. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Avian influenza has shown up in Texas, but consumers shouldn't get concerned. Gary Joyner tells why. A first case of highly pathogenic avian influenza has been confirmed in Texas. A commercial pheasant flock in Erath County tested positive for the virus. The premises has been quarantined, and birds on the property have been depopulated to prevent the spread of the disease. It's a serious situation for poultry growers. The virus is carried by free-flying waterfowl, such as ducks, geese, and shorebirds. It can also be spread indirectly through contaminated material. Federal and state officials say anyone involved with poultry production, from the small backyard to the large commercial producer, should review their biosecurity activities to assure the health of their birds. Poultry growers will handle the situation. For everyone else, there is no immediate public health concern. No human cases of these avian influenza viruses have been detected in the United States. What we can do is practice general food safety precautions, properly handle all poultry and eggs, and be sure to cook the items to an internal temperature of 165 degrees Fahrenheit. Avian influenza is really just for the birds, really. Consumers should not be worried. I'm Gary Joyner for Texas Ag Today. Cushing's disease is common in older horses. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. When we moved to Texas, we were like fish out of water. We didn't know anyone in our neighborhood until our Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent came to the house. She was so helpful and reassuring, a friendly face with that Texan hospitality I'd heard about. When we purchased a Texas Farm Bureau insurance policy, we knew we were making the right choice. We knew our family would be protected. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com to find an insurance agent who's a true neighbor. 
Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Cushing's disease is common in older horses. Dr. Bob Judd says if you have a horse on medication for Cushing's disease, monitoring for results can be challenging. Cushing's disease is believed to be present to some degree in a large number of horses over 15 years of age, and it is believed almost 80% of the horses may have some degree of the disease at 20 years of age. Now, that does not mean all of these horses will show disease symptoms, and most of these cases are subclinical. Horses can be tested for Cushing's disease by multiple methods, and it is debatable whether we should be screening horses for Cushing's disease before they develop clinical signs. I usually offer screening to owners of horses over 20 years of age, since if we wait for symptoms to occur, it could be too late, as laminitis is the most serious clinical sign. Laminitis is a serious, debilitating disease of the horse's feet that causes severe pain and even death, so we would like to find and treat these susceptible horses prior to them developing this disease. There is a medication that can be given once daily in the feed to help treat or prevent laminitis from developing, called Procend. The question is, after the diagnosis is made and treatment has begun, how do you tell if the medication is helping, and are you giving the correct dosage? Dr. David Rendell indicated in the horse publication that it has been shown 76% of the horses will show some improvement in clinical signs. The test often used to diagnose the condition is to measure the hormone ACTH, but the level has been shown to only improve in 20 to 74% of the horses treated. Also, we have to consider the insulin level, as this is the major determining factor concerning the development of laminitis. I'm veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Special waterfowl hunting opportunities for veterans will be available in Texas this coming season. Jessica Domel tells all about it in today's Wildlife Report. Veterans and active duty military will have an additional opportunity to hunt waterfowl in Texas this upcoming season. At their last meeting, the Texas Parks and Wildlife Commission approved the establishment of a special waterfowl hunting season for veterans and active duty military personnel during the youth-only seasons in all duck zones. Sean Oldenberger, small game program director for the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department, told the commission that the John Dingle Senior Conservation Management and Recreation Act, signed by former President Donald Trump, allows the creation of this special season. That gave us some special opportunities with regards to veteran days during waterfall hunting. Fortunately, due to state statute, we were unable to do those until SB 675 by uh, Senator Colcourse was signed into law last session by the governor. And so now we're allowed to actually have this special hunting opportunity. That proposal is to have it concurrent with youth-only waterfall seasons. And the proof of veteran status is very uh, lean with regards to this, it would be your driver's license where you have veteran written on top, and there's basically any federal paperwork that you have that proves that you're a veteran. So as long as you have that on your persons, you're actually be legal to hunt during that special season. And then also you can bring those to the court to get those charges dismissed too, is if you would get filed and didn't have those on you. So there's also that in within this proposal. That was Sean Oldenberger. 
The commission also approved removing the daily bag limit restriction on hooded mergansers. It was, too. They approved combining that separate merganser and duck daily bag limits into a single aggregate daily bag limit of six per day. The online outdoor annual has not yet been updated to reflect these approved changes. It will be updated in the coming months. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domal. Time for a look at the markets. So how did the markets kick off the week on Monday? Jessica will be back with a complete look at the livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. Break out your camera and snap a pic for the Texas Farm Bureau Photo Contest. You or someone you know can share your best photo with the entire Lone Star State and maybe win some cash, like $250 for first place, $200 for second place, and $100 for honorable mention. The contest is open to Texas Farm Bureau members or an immediate family member. Rural settings and lifestyles are the preferred themes for all submissions and contestants are limited to one entry per person. Top four winners will be selected and published in the July edition of Texas Agriculture and the summer edition of Texas Neighbors. Snap your pick now for the Texas Farm Bureau Photo Contest. The entry deadline is June 1st. Visit TexasFarmBureau.org for complete contest rules. That's TexasFarmBureau.org. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. The threat of a snowstorm later this week in the northern United States impacted the cattle markets on Monday. April live cattle were up 70 cents to 138.52. June live cattle up 97 cents to 134.80. August live cattle up 77 cents to 136.62. Analysts say that snowstorm will impact some feedlots and could make transportation of cattle in the northern United States difficult. April feeder cattle up a dime to 156.65. May feeder cattle up 52 cents to 159.90. August feeder cattle down 25 cents to 173.30. Box beef was higher Monday. Choice up 43 cents to 270.90. Select up a dollar two to 261.35. Now let's check those livestock auctions. We're gonna walk the pens with Larry Marble. Let's get started with a look at the cattle sale with Klein Spear from Southwest Livestock Exchange Valley. They sell on Thursday. Klein, how'd that thing go? Went pretty well today, Larry. We ended up with 620 standing here today. Uh, overall, though, the Packer cow and bull market was pretty steady. Didn't have a whole lot of just high-yielding cows today, but thought got along good. Those lighter calves were still a couple dollars better this week, and the bigger calves were pretty steady. Those number one choice steers were $1.30 to $1.65. Lightweights, $1.65 to $2.05. Choice heifers, $1.10 to $1.60. And the lightweights, $1.45 to $1.75. Crossbred steers, $1.35 to $1.60. And the Weights dollar sixty to dollar ninety. Lightweight kind of crossbred heifers dollar thirty to dollar fifty five, and those bigger heifers dollar ten to dollar forty. Stocker cows seventy five to a dollar. Packer bulls day ninety five to a dollar eight. Those breaker cows 
were 78 to 90. Cutters and canners were 55 to 65, and those Shelly cows were 25 to 45. Good pairs day, 11 to 1300, and those planer pairs, 750 to 950. Bread cows were 750 to 1200. So overall, I felt like we got along pretty good for the way the market is and needing a little rain. Yep, everybody does. What's coming next week? Uh, we'll probably have around that seven or 800 head Tuesday on sheep and goats and kind of looking around that six to 800 head next Thursday on cattle and have a couple deals to go look at and see what we can get put together for next week. Tell everybody how to get a hold of you, Klein. Call us at the office, 830-278-5621 or my cell phone, 830-591-3241. Klein, we appreciate you and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you, Larry. And neighbor, thank you for listening to us on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, the program. We call it Walking the Pins. I'm Larry Marble. Good day to you. See you tomorrow. Lean hogs traded higher for much of the day Monday due to higher pork cutout values and good demand as we approach Easter. April lean hogs down 60 cents, though, to 98.42. May lean hogs up 57 cents to 109 even. Black cheese was unchanged Monday at $2.32. Barrel also unchanged at $2.36. Of course, that does impact our Class 3 milk markets. April, Class 3 milk even at $24.18.100 weight. May, Class 3 milk up $0.08 to $24.93.100 weight. We saw triple-digit gains in the cotton market on Monday as drought continues to impact our cotton-growing states, including Texas. May cotton up 288 points to 135.29. October cotton up 191 points to 122.89. December cotton up 214 points to 117.62. Corn was mostly lower on Monday. May corn down four and a quarter to 764 and a half. July corn down two to 758 and three quarters. September corn up two and a quarter to 729 and three quarters. May hard red wheat was up 34 and three quarters Monday to 1114 and a half. July hard red wheat up 35 and a half to 1145 and a half. Analysts say that could be due to Russia's continued aggression in Ukraine, and it could be due to increasing drought here in Texas, which is impacting our wheat crop. May soybeans down 33 and three quarters today to 16.55 and a quarter. May natural gas up 34 cents to 6.62. June natural gas up 34 cents to 6.69. Crude oil prices fell Monday to below $100. According to Reuters, that is due to plans to release crude oil from reserves and due to continued coronavirus-related closures and lockdowns in China. Reuters reports that the International Energy Agency plans to release about 60 million barrels of oil over the next six months. May crude oil down $4.15 to 94.11. June crude oil down 3.95 to 93.78. The Dow down 292 points to 34,428. The S&P 500 down 58 to 4,430. The Nasdaq down 23 on Monday to 13,479. Well, that wraps up our look at the markets and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. Don't forget to join into our next episode for the latest news in Texas agriculture. I'm Jessica Domel, and I hope to see you then. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org. 
or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.